let's stay standing and let's quickly pray. Trust that God would speak to us. Thank you, God, that every time you open, we open your word, uh, it's fresh, it's new. And we can trust that you'd speak to us. God, thank you that you see every one of us in this auditorium, that you want to speak directly into our hearts. So we position ourselves. We say, speak to us. We make ourselves available to what you want to say and how you want to direct us. We submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. We pray in this hedge of protection that you'd minister to us, bring breakthrough and freedom. And if there's anyone without hope in this place, that you'd knock on the door of their hearts so they can receive you as their Savior. And everyone who believed it said, Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. So good to have you guys in the house. We had an incredible day. Um, and tonight, of course, Camp Space meeting because of the, um, the, the marathon, the Cape Town Marathon. So they're meeting right now. They normally meet in the morning. And Malpus had a great day there at Malpus and then this morning at Tableview. Um, and then next week, Camps Bay is celebrating their first birthday. So um, I encourage you, if you are, you know anyone who's living in that area, why don't you invite them? It's a 10 o'clock service, Camps Bay High. And um, just to come celebrate um, as we celebrate year one at Camps Bay. It's been amazing just to see families in that area join the church, get planted, get plugged in. And those families are all pumped for Sunday. They're inviting their world. So, so why don't you also tell anyone who lives in the area to come past to join us. So we are doing our series, and James mentioned running with the giants. And um, I'm going to be looking at Nehemiah. I looked at him this morning. And I went home this afternoon and did a bit of extra prep. So I knew there'd be one or two people coming back. So I'll dig a bit deeper. Um, so if you are, you have been here this morning, you can lean in. Remember, people who go to church twice have a better chance of getting to heaven. So, you know I mean, you can look down on everyone who just came to church once. Um, but Nehemiah, for me, is a phenomenal story because it speak to, speaks to us about working hard but not working for God. And what I mean by that is prior to Nehemiah showing up, you saw the Jewish people try to rebuild their city and it wasn't working. The walls were in ruins for about 150 years. And we just see in the Old Testament when people got distracted, uh, when they lost focus or really tried to build their own world, that it said it would be like there's holes in their pockets. Like their work would come to nothing. But as soon as Nehemiah and the people built the way God wanted them to build, and they had a unity about building, all of a sudden, what they built could stand. And God could start to bless them. And that's what I really am trusting for your life, that you will build in a way that brings you peace, and that, that you would build in a way that would stand the test of time. Because there'll be a time in your life when what you've built will be tested, it will face a fire. And whatever doesn't come through the fire, of course, doesn't pass the test. That's not speaking about a judgment because it says people will face a fire and maybe what they built doesn't stand and they'll still be saved. But it speaks about building the wrong things that actually doesn't stand that test and, and that won't be rewarded in heaven. And I'd want you to live a life and build a life that can be tested and actually stand that fire. Um, but Nehemiah gives us some keys on how to build. The first thing we see about Nehemiah is he asks about 
his Jewish brothers and sisters. He has a gentleman come visit him, some men come visit him from the, his home country, and he really asks how it's going, because they used to be in exile, and they, of course, had returned to Jerusalem. And this was their response in verse 3. They said, to, they said to me, and of course this is Nehemiah giving the account, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in, uh, that are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burnt with fire. When, the, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days and mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So we see Nehemiah's first question is, how are the people doing? He ends up hearing that the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and the people are um, in trouble. He ends up praying, crying, and fasting. He ends up trusting God for a miracle. On the back end of this prayer, he ends up also declaring who God is and what God's done. We see them in the story later on. He actually goes before the king. And um, the scripture points out that he actually looks sad in front of the king. And the king picks up on this because he'd never seen Nehemiah sad. Of course, there's a side note. When you serve, in those days, if you served in front of an earthly king, you were never allowed to be sad or bring that emotion to work. How much more should we bring joy when we serve in front of the king of kings? So it's just a side note. If there was a standard in front of an earthly king, and not that we're not real, but we do decide to come with great joy when we serve the king of kings. So the king realized that he was sad and said, what is on your heart? And he then said, my, like my people, their walls, the city they're in is in ruins and the wall is broken and, and they're in trouble. Of course, what people would understand in those times is if you didn't have a wall, you didn't really have a city. Your city was always potentially going to be attacked. So what this meant was you never had a peace, and you could never function in peace. You can imagine they must probably lived in a lot of anxiety, and we're living in a day where people are anxious, more anxious than they've ever been. People are under pressure, and it's, it's because they lack peace. Um, they lack a confidence in God. Uh, they don't know why they're called. They don't know why they're here on the planet. They don't know what they're going to do with their future. And Nehemiah gives us keys, not only how to build a wall that brings peace, but actually how to build a life that brings the peace of God. And so the first thing I want to say to us is, if we're going to rebuild, it will take faith and a heart for God and the people. And what I want to point out about this is, is people who are God-focused and others-focused have a way more peaceful life. People who are self-focused people don't experience the peace, I believe, that God really wants to give them because it does become all about them and they measure life on what's happening to them and, and instead of what God's doing through them. And their eyes are focused on what they can get out of life instead of the opportunity to give in this life because God's already saved you to be his hands and his feet. So Nehemiah first asked, how are the people doing? And people who live in peace are living in such a peace that they can actually be concerned with others. Their life isn't consumed by themselves. Um, Nehemiah also then, once he hears about what they're going through, ends up going to God, praying, um, uh, really fasting. And, and it's almost this position of worship. 
And when you and I want to experience the peace of God, the Bible teaches us that we bring our requests before the Lord. And as we do it with thanksgiving, that, that of course, the peace of God can come into our life. And, and Nehemiah ends up in that place, says, this is who you are, and this is what you've done. In a way, he's giving him praise. He's, he's declaring who he is, declaring what he's done. He's giving him thanks. And, and he positions himself in a place of worship. And, and if you look at the root word, uh, one of the words for, for worship, the Hebrew, one of the Hebrew words for worship, it's yada. And it's to worship with extended hands. And, and I can imagine him positioning himself uh, with his hands open. And a lot of us, when you're self-focused, you will worship God with your hands closed. It will be, what about me, God? I'm going through this. What about my life? But when you surrender to God, saying, my life's yours, and you've made me for a purpose, all of a sudden your hands are open. And all of a sudden, God can put in your hands tools to build a life of peace. But once, when our hands are closed, we become people who become consumed with ourselves. But when our hands are opened, we become people who worship God. And when we love and worship God, we can truly love people. We feel free. We'll feel confident. So I want to encourage you to change the way you live. You know, if you look at building, and if you look at in the Old Testament, the, the burnt stones, people would ask them, how are you going to rebuild these cities or these temples with burnt stones? Uh, because the burnt stones in that time wouldn't take well to the cement. The cement wouldn't be able to stick to it. And it's almost like they had to renew the stone. And, and for us, if we are, are going to build generously, we can't bring what, where we've been burnt. We can't bring our offense and our pain. We have to bring a purity and we need to let God heal us. And we need to worship Him genuinely so that He can then place us into His work so that it will never be shaken. The cement takes. We built into His temple. We built into His house. And, and then we can, what we build can stand the test. But it's, it's going to have to be pure. We're going to have to have a heart that's genuinely for God. We're not about our own platforms. It's not about our own name. It's not about fame. It's not about who's liking me, who's seeing me. It's actually about who am I with? I'm worshiping God and I'm loving people. And I'm living for an audience of one. And even as I do that, I end up impacting everyone around me, just bits by bits, little by little. But if we're going to have lives full of peace, we're going to have to come before God and be others focused and be pure. The, the second thing is to rebuild, we're going to have to, you'll need to fix your focus so that you can get the proper perspective. I mentioned that Nehemiah ends up mentioning what God's done, and he mentions, um, he mentions of course, who God is. And, and of course, when we don't do this, when we don't actually mention who God is and what he's done, when we face problems, we normally end up magnifying problems instead of magnifying God. And if you want to become an overcomer, the best way is to magnify God. And then you'll actually see the size of your problem. And in context to God, your problem's not that big. You know, I've always, I heard, I was in uh, Chicago years ago at a leadership summit, and a gentleman named A.R. Bernard spoke. I've mentioned this, it always impacted me. He said, when you face a problem, and you step back and you worship God, 
you end up without realizing it rising above that circumstance because you lift your eyes to where your help comes from. And then all of a sudden you see the circumstance for what it is. And you learn and you, you take wise steps. But before you've even realized it, you've just risen above the problem. And you've just gone to a whole nother level. Of course, then he points out, he says, and at that level is another devil. <laughs> so you just got an opportunity to rise above again. But even as you face obstacles, I encourage you, don't lose perspective. Your God is bigger than any obstacle on this earth. He lives in heaven, and he is where your help comes from. So if we rightly see God for who he is, we'll never see our problems as too much for him to handle. So I encourage you, if you're going to have a life of peace, Always look at who God is and what he's done. The next thing, what I want to encourage you to do is, if you're going to rebuild, and what Nehemiah would encourage us to do, is to acknowledge it will take time and hard work. It will take time and hard work to build in the way God wants to build. Because God wants to build something that can stand the test. And sometimes when we're looking for quick fixes, we're not really trying to build in God's pattern. God does look at our character. He does look if our yes will be our yes. He does see how we serve him even when no one's looking. But if you are going to build like God wants you to build, you're going to have to count the costs and sign up for it. Nehemiah ends up getting, um, he ends up going and inspecting the walls. He actually walks a massive distance just to go and prep his plan, but he counts the cost. He goes through it at night. He actually looks at all the work. But for some of us, we go, that's a step too far. God, I'll do anything for you. God says, I can do this. Well, that's a bit too far, God. But God will call you to his building pattern, and it's the best building pattern because that's the kind of work God's doing. It says that God is the one who builds his church. It says that God, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. So if you do commit to building God's kingdom and to building your marriage and your business in a way that honors God, I'll let you know it might look hard, but you are now partnering with God. That's the plus side. You, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can look for the easy route and you might not find you're doing God's will. You might look for the easy thing and you might not find it's actually what God's doing. And then you find God speak to you about something that looks hard. The blessing is you're going to get to do it with God. And God will build it. And whatever God builds, there'll be no laboring that's in vain. When you do get an increase, it will be solid increase. When you do get an expansion, it will be ground that the enemy can't take back. You'll see your boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. But you and I need to commit to building in the way that God wants us to build. The fourth thing, to rebuild, we're going to need to kingdomize. What I mean by that is Nehemiah, of course, worked for the king. He had quite a cushy job. He would have had an awesome place to stay, awesome food, 
awesome clothes, um, working for the king. He had to uh, be well-dressed and, and really carrying himself in a way that the, the king would like him to carrying him, carry himself. Uh, he would have had comfort. He would have to leave his cushy job um, to go and actually now do the, the dirty work of rebuilding the wall and even facing opposition because Israel had opposition. They did, the, the enemy didn't want the walls to be rebuilt. But he realized that God had placed him in the position of working for an earthly king so that he could serve the king of kings. And every one of us have been placed in some job on this earth to serve the God in heaven. Every one of us have been placed in a classroom on earth to serve the God in heaven. Every one of us has been placed in a street on earth to serve the God in heaven. And Nehemiah realized it. And he took the opportunity and he kingdomized it. He actually said, can I build these walls? And he asked for favors and the king released him and helped him travel and gave him resource. And, and you and I need to see that God has not made a mistake with our lives, that we should use the opportunities, our jobs to glorify him. My wife used to work at Medicross, and she would every morning pray, God, will you give me wisdom and discernment? She still prays that as a doctor so I can actually help this person and, and really, yeah, help them get healthy. But then she prayed after, after that, her next period would be, and God, if you, even as I serve them in this way, will you open a door for me and invite them to church or tell them about you? And will you give me a sense of what I should do, one of those two, and when I can do it? She had, at one point, we just had people, person after person joining the church. Yeah, no, Leanne was my doctor. No, Leanne was my doctor. No, Leanne. And, and so I, I, even this morning, we had a, a gentleman, his whole family, they came to see her. My wife helped them as a family, and then they were going through a hard time. And my wife said, have you ever thought, have you ever been to church? And, and so they came to church. Well, today, that guy actually brought a person to church who's going through a hard time, who he works with. But there's this knock-on effect that he's now kingdomizing it. And, and you and I have to start seeing that God has placed us where we are on purpose. That it's not about us, it's actually for His glory. We are there to serve other people as if we're doing it for God, and then we, we are there still to give God glory when we get an opportunity to share the love of Christ and to invite people to experience His love. So ask God to show you how to use your job situation to make a kingdom difference. Don't just sort of walk past the opportunity. Um, say, God, use me. And, and yes, God, I'll go this far. I'll, I'll be available. If you give me the opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to do what you are showing me I should do. The first thing is to rebuild. You need to go to the king of kings about everything. And the reason I put that down is Nehemiah worked for a king, an earthly king, a small K king. But he knew his life was all about serving the big K king, the king of kings. And if you think that your job is king, and you think your, your studies are king, if you think what's in your bank account is king, you will miss the opportunity to serve the king of kings. And you won't see it as an opportunity to serve him, and the peace of God can't actually be on your life. 
You'll always think some king on the earth, small k king, is going to stop you from reaching your destiny, stop you from doing the career you're supposed to do, stop you from marrying the partner you're supposed to marry. But if you are serving the king of kings, then you can go to him about everything. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 26. And so I want to encourage you, Nehemiah would teach us, don't lose sight that you're serving the king of kings. The next thing, if we're going to rebuild, I've said it, I, um, I've said this point like this, but I've got a bit more for everyone who's here this morning, is you, to rebuild, keep carrying everything to God in prayer. And that's actually about connecting with God. If you're going to become somebody who rebuilds, your connection with God is vital. If you can connect with God, you're going to find it way easier to connect with people. But if you're always hiding from God and not being open with God, you're not going to be open with people. And you're going to maybe even close your life off to the people God wants to bring into your life. And one of the simple ways to stay open to God is to continuously pray. To bring everything to God in prayer. Of course, Nehemiah had to continuously bring things to God in prayer. And Sanballat and Tobiah were always coming against the work they were doing. But, but Nehemiah realized that the struggle was not against flesh and blood, but against evil. Ephesians 6 verse 12. And, and when we think it's always people in the way of what we're building, we start fighting with people. And that's a tactic of the enemy. If you are fighting with a lot of people, you must probably missing the truth that it's actually the plan of the enemy that's coming against you. And he's just using people as tools. And it's not your job to fight with people. It's your job to go into prayer and bring down the strongholds of the enemies and stand in the shoes of readiness about but the truth. And, and so I want to encourage you that prayer connects you with God and it releases you to connect in a healthy way with people. But if you're not bringing those things to God, you must probably arguing with a lot of people. You're probably in dis a disconnect with a lot of people. Your relationships are suffering. But you need to see that you don't have to fight with people. You can love people because you've already found your victory in God. And you're casting your cares upon Him. And Phil Pringle says this, that, that your authority level is determined by your prayer life. And so when you are facing opposition or even as you're stepping into your future, as you pray, I believe you position yourself to step into things you've prayed over. So every day I wake up, I pray over my day. I pray over my, my wife and my two girls. I pray over their safety. I believe they're traveling into a day that's covered in prayer. They're going to school, um, that's a school day covered in prayer. Going to work covered in prayer. I pray over meetings. I pray over things we're going to do. Um, you know, I mean, we've got some stuff coming up in the next few weeks. I'm praying over that. I've got it on my prayer list. In the next two, three weeks, I'm going to walk into that meeting and I've already prayed over, over that meeting three weeks already. I believe God's going to do something. I can go there with a peace and an excitement. I don't have to go there with anxiety. I can go there believing that God. God's made a way, There's, there seems to be no way. But I've covered it in prayer. And prayer is this gift to connect with God and to position yourself to experience all that God wants to do in those meetings and in those moments. But are you doing it? 
You see, you're either connecting with God, praying to God, positioning yourself for your future, or you're fighting with people obsessed with your past. Or you mean stuck in your present, stuck in the mud, worrying about stuff. But, but, but you need to see it for what it is. And Nehemiah would encourage you, don't get distracted. Come to God. I love this hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We can find a friend, uh, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I encourage you not to let go of your prayer life. I promise you there's a peace and a confidence that's going to come into your life, into your marriage, into your work life. God's going to give you wisdom because God says if you ask wisdom, He'll give it to you. And, and, and you need to position yourself because God's calling you to build things that can stand, stand the test of time, to build walls that will bring peace, to build a marriage that's going to be peaceful, to build a relationship with your kids that's going to be peaceful. But if you neglect this, then the enemy can get in anywhere on that wall that you're supposed to be building. Building. And he can get you distracted, but you and I don't have to live in that place. Second last thing is if we're going to build and live peaceful lives and build a wall of peace and rebuild our relationship with God and others, there, there needs to be a clearing away um, before we can rebuild. You're going to have to let God forgive you of your past. Please try to stop trying to carry your past into your future. Please stop trying to carry the condemnation that the enemy is trying to put on you. Uh, please stop trying to carry what God's already forgiven you of. For some of you, if you're going to build what God wants you to build, you're going to have to clear your schedule. You're going to have to count the costs. You're going to have to say, you are first, God. You are my priority. What you have for me is first. I'm not just going to um, put my own plans together. I want your plans because I hear that you're building your church. You're building your people. And, and yeah, if what you're building, that's going to win. But if I, if I build other things without you, I'm going to be laboring in vain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear my schedule for your schedule, God. How do you do it? Well, we actually acknowledge that the reason there are breakages in the wall is because of sin. And we all got a part to play. If there's a breakdown in your marriage, the best thing you and I can do is to take personal responsibility. If there's a breakdown in your relationship with your kids, the first position you and I should take is the same one Nehemiah did. He actually repented for sin. He realized that sin was the reason the wall was broken down. If there's no peace in your life, the best place for us to go is to the place where we go on our knees and we're repenting. Let's not point fingers. It's not going to build anything. Um, we're not going to build anything pointing fingers and blaming. But we will build great things, repenting on our knees and praying and worshiping God and saying, make me brand new. No more burnt stones, God. I'm positioning myself to be used by you. You know what's amazing? Is that God is building His church. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and God's spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. You know what that says to me? That God wants to protect you. You're valuable. If you would let God build your life, you'll open your life up to God's protection as well. If you would let God be the master builder in your life, you're also opening your life up to the master protector. And you don't have to worry as the enemy tries to cut your life short or destroy your life. You've got the King of Kings protecting your life. I want to encourage you to open your life up to what God wants to build. Nehemiah, the last thing I want to take from him is if we're going to build in a way that God wants us to build, if we're going to rebuild and restore, we must build another layer of protection. A definition for a wall, just basic definition, is a structure that protects, provides security, a place of shelter, and it forms a sense of belonging. You know what that tells me about a wall? Is that you guys are the wall. Because when I've connected with you guys and I've got into this church and had relationship, there's been a sense of belonging. The best way to build a great wall is to have a relationship with God and a relationship with people. To not be isolated, to be in community. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. That's you and me. We called living stones. And if we're going to build another layer to our wall that brings another level of peace, it's about opening our life up to healthy relationships. For some of you, you need to get into a view group. For some of you, you need to join the dream team. You need to pursue healthy relationships. Don't isolate yourself. Whenever there's a breakdown in your life, the enemy will tell you, hide. Don't tell anyone about your sin. Isolate yourself. But he wants to leave your walls in ruins. He wants it to be that you never experience peace. Say so he lies to you, saying people are going to go, I can't believe you did that. He gets you to run and hide. But if you stay in relationship with God and with people, you can have a wall that's even stronger. And we can have each other's backs. And that's why if we're going to build in the way God wants us to build, we need to stay connected. We need to stay in unity. Because wherever there's unity, God commands a blessing. And Nehemiah ends up building the wall in 52 days. Supernatural blessing. There was a unity. They got connected. They even built at points where the one back was to build in the wall, where the other one was had prayer. You know, one had a weapon, one was praying, one had a sword, and, and there was this unity, and God blessed it. He fast-tracked it. You know, you might find your marriage, you're trusting for that peace, 
and you as a couple get into a group where there's a unity and there's this fast tracking of building in your, in your work life, in your relationships. Can we stand up quickly? We just declare, worthy is your name. Just with um, everyone's eyes closed quickly. If you're in this place and maybe you just, even as I spoke about having a peace in your life, you've lacked it. And you're just trusting to start building your life in a different way. Getting into community, closer to God. If you gain, that's me. I encourage you, just lift your hand up with every eye closed. Just saying, I need prayer. Awesome. Anyone else? Just a, want to build in a way that, that brings more peace in your life. Jesus, I pray for everyone in this place who's trusting to build that will, in a way that brings more peace. Thank you, God, that you are faithful. You are wanting to build your people. That they're actually carrying your Holy Spirit. That, that they are the temple of God. And that you not only want to help them build, but you want to protect them. I pray, God, that you would do something supernatural inside of them. Give them wisdom and clear direction. And I also pray that they'd get into relationships, healthy relationship with you and with people. Allow them to build in a strong way, to have the peace, your peace in their life and surrounding their life. That they find the boundary lines fall for them in pleasant places. That they're coming in and they're going out is blessed in Jesus' name. Will you help them right now? In Jesus' name, bless them. Awesome. Keep your eyes closed and then just every hand down quickly. If you are in this place and even as I spoke tonight, God knocked on the door of your heart and you have a sense that God wants to come into your life. Just a knocking on your heart. What God wants to do is come live in your heart, forgive you of your sins. The Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And if you and I acknowledge that we're sinners, the Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. The Bible says if we call on the name of the Lord, that we'll be saved. And if that's you in this place, you have a sense that you've drifted away from God. God's knocking the door of your heart. He's calling you back to Himself. And you want to respond. I'd love to lead you in a confession. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that, the, um, that Jesus is the Son of God, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, that we'll be saved. If that's you, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now. Just with every eye closed, I respect. I'm just going to count to three and just say, that's me. I want, to be, I want to pray that prayer. I want to confess in that way. That's you. Just pop your hand up. One, two, three. If you have a sense, God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Say, that's me. God is speaking to me. I want to respond. I know that, that He's talking. He's knocking on the door of my heart. I want to walk away from this moment and not respond and receive Jesus as my Savior. Anyone else? Just pop your hand up. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, let's quickly pray as a church family. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you. As I do this, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I call on your name, Jesus, and I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Him praise in this place. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
Adi's going to open a side door there. We've actually got a prayer room and a salvation counseling room. If you put your hand up, or even if you didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you can make your way there. We'd love to pray with you. If you have any other prayer requests, you can also make your way there. We've got a prayer team. If you would like us to pray for you in the week, you can also use this prayer card, fill it out. There'll be a bucket at the back as you leave. If you don't want to put your name down, it's a personal prayer request, just put the request down. We'll cover you in prayer this week. And then if you need any other information, you can also use this card for a next step or go straight to our red banner. That would be the best way. Find out about Growth Track, View Group, taking a next step, even the Christmas production at the red banner. For all our new people, if you want to grab your first cappuccino, just go to the red banner. Have an awesome week. God bless you guys.